You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 174 of the Comic Book Informer Podcast, coming to you on June 24th. How you doing this week, Raj? I'm sure about the best we can hope for it seems, it seems to be the the standard nowadays i should just make a button that i press surviving click <laughs> That's it. all right well this week we're diving into the first half of original sin the first four issues and i've been saying for a few weeks now how i was really digging the whole style and the way this miniseries was going uh what's your general overview you're an idiot as it pertains to this <laughs> <laughs> in general, probably not okay. so much, but as it pertains to this, I'm, yeah, I'm not digging this at all, hmm. at all. I, the entire premise is stupid to me. I mean, no offense to people who are liking it other than you, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just like, when you look at large scale events and things like that i mean yeah many of them have stumbled as of late but we've seen some good ones still but then you're looking at this one and you're going come on give me a break really the entire premise just around the idea of the secrets getting out that are in his eyes which in and of itself is stupid and then bringing in these c-list d-list villains which are laughable and then even the name is so constructed that it was forced in there with a shoehorn just because it's it's stupid it doesn't it doesn't work the entire thing feels forced one thing after another all the encounters all the ooh deceptions here and what's going to happen and oh we pulled the rug out from under your no you did not pull the rug from under my feet i saw it coming i i'm really not digging it at all and then the spin-offs oh my god don't even get me started some of the spinoffs have been pretty trash. Oh, my God. <laughs> so for anyone out there to just be aware, we, we are going to be covering some spoilers in this because it's just a story that you can't discuss without going through the big story moments that happen. Uh, it's written by Jason Aaron, art by Mike Diodato and Frank Martin. I actually really like Diodato as a choice here. The, you know, his style, I've always liked his artwork, but for a story like this, I think it's a really good fit. Although oh. I find some of the panel layouts weird. Yeah. Where he where he'll chop a scene up into multiple panels, but not really do anything with some of them. Well, case in point, I'm looking at one page right now, and he made the three bottom panels wide, but kind of indent them as if they were block quoted with one larger panel at the top, a little behind it. But you have all of this wasted space because of that design choice. I mean, in terms of his art, you're right. The art was phenomenal. I'm, I cannot say a bad thing about the art. And not just that, it, it was good. Very good. I loved it. But uh, but yeah, the panel layout, you're like, why are you wasting all of this space? And why? what's the purpose of this? Yeah, if you were to take out the panels where really nothing's happening, it would be like half a page on some of these. Well, the other thing too, now granted, I know that some of this is because of print. Um, 
so as not to use as much black ink, say. Although we're seeing more now where they're not afraid of putting a lot more black. I don't think I mean, that's much of an issue. Yeah, and especially when you're looking at this where you have so many solid blacks. But then you have a lot of these wonky panels. It's on a white page. So you, instead of having this dynamic-looking panel that's askew or block-coded in or whatever kind of thing... It's just this weird, it looks like it was tossed onto a white page. It's something that I'll mention later in what we're reading for something that I've, I'm reading right now where it's the same kind of thing. By putting it on a white background, it actually does a huge disservice to this type of quote-unquote artistic interpretation to panel layout. Yeah, it, it's, it's awkward, but overall I'm not going to complain about the art. As far as the story, I will agree that a lot of the premises here are kind of weird and out there. But, I mean, if you look back at Jason Aaron, that's really been his calling card is just complete insanity. And I'm, I'm just alone because I find it to be a pretty fun ride. The, the core concept of, okay, the Watcher was murdered. We have to track him down, track down the killer. Okay, but it's just, I don't know, it's been a lot of fun from issue to issue for me. It hasn't for me. Okay. I, I like I, I I can keep going on. Uh, and I yeah. don't but I don't want to. It's just I I think it says it well enough just to say I'm not digging the concept at all. I think it's somewhat ridiculous. And the other thing I actually wanted to ask you, didn't we just see very recently and I'm trying to remember what it was in, but there was that heist of watcher information where the two whatever's guys went while the watcher was rebooting or whatever but all of it was in one of like the the point ones i don't know but but the information was stored on something Mm -hmm. and they went in and retrieved it from that something and here they're saying the information is stored in the eyes and it's one of those will make up your mind because quite frankly, the concept of being stored in your eyes is ludicrous. And it was quite obviously, once again, a plot device just so that an eyeball with sinews hanging from behind are, is, you know, dangled all over the damn place. That's the only reason for it. Otherwise, it I think, makes no sense. I think sense. it's more of a reason so that Jason Aaron could put his favorite d-list villain of the orb into the story <laughs> i mean whatever it is it's that there it's it's forced i mean right down to like i said the name these nameless ones are saying it was our first sin our original sin and you and they based the name of the entire event on that stupid forced name so it's again, Aaron came up with this idea for a name and then how am I going to shoehorn that in? And I got to say, honestly, the, the name in and of itself is ridiculous. It's stupid. It makes no sense. Come on. Nobody says original sin. Who the hell would say an original sin? It doesn't make sense. So it's, it's just one kind of thing like this after another throughout that you're like, oh, come on, give me a break. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well. I'm not going to try and beat you over the head with it. So, so there's absolutely nothing about this you enjoy. Okay. A tiny little bit of some of the interactions mm-hmm. between the groups. But even then, once again, like, that felt forced. 
right from the get-go. Well, obviously, they're sent. But then they're playing the, the pronoun game yet again where it's, you know, he sent us or they sent us. But they're not going to say who at any point. And the moment somebody's about to say their name, oh, they're cut off and this and that. And so it's this kind of stupid thing that I hate when it's done in a comic because you're treating your audience like idiots. And so as much as I liked a little bit of the interactions, even those came about by, by force. I mean, when you look at the, the concept of, of uh, Emma Frost teaming up with Panther and, and Ant-Man and even he's like, Oh, he must have something on you to get you there. And it's like, yeah, because it just wouldn't happen. So mm-hmm. basically Aaron had a hat with names or thought, Hey, how about we put Punisher with Dr. Strange and then just kind of, when you do that, you're, it's forced. I, I know I keep saying forced, but there's no other way of saying it. So there's a couple of good lines here and there, like with Punisher and Strange, but the entirety of that sequence with them just feels stupid. And again, it's this idea of, oh, I know why I'm here and digs a freaking green bullet out of this giant mammoth demon. And you're like, oh, come on, really? So... It's things like that that make it hard to enjoy even those few little things. Because mm-hmm. out of all this, so far my favorite bit has been the Punisher Doctor Strange team up. Like I, w- I want an actual team up comic of the two of them now. I just think that's a that's a great pairing of characters. It could be in a in a good story, and it's not like Aaron doesn't know how to like write good stories, obviously. But this ain't it, in my opinion. But, I mean, if he could write something that has a good parent that makes sense for why they'd be together, I'd be all over that. Because the dynamics between the two characters is quite good. It would make for a very interesting story if it wasn't something that, again, was forced. Mm -hmm. The best part of this for me personally, because you know how much I love to be proven right, is I have been saying for years to anybody that will listen that we have never seen the real Nick Fury in Marvel Comics. And this finally at the end of the fourth issue, that hypothesis has been been proven correct. Well, it's not really said whatever happened to the other one or how long it's been since the original has not been there. So, I mean... Well, we, we haven't seen him in a long time. Let's yeah. in, in the modern Marvel Universe, we haven't seen the original Nick Fury. Which, again, just... It felt like, again, Aaron was like, hey, I can make sense of that. And let's just say that he's a robot. Genetic, human, whatever the hell they're called. I can't remember. Well, it, in so many other storylines from in, any numerous writers over the years, I can't count the number of times Nick Fury has been killed and it's always been a life model decoy. So I've been like, well, if it's always a life model decoy, it's probably always a life model decoy. And the actual real physical human Nick Fury has been off stage for years. So like, it's – for me, it's one of those things where if you look back at the history of Marvel Comics going back years, it really does fit in and make sense for me. Okay. I'm just happy that I get to be proven right because that doesn't happen often enough. <laughs> All right. Well, we're not going to sit here and debate back and forth. I like it. You're wrong. So we're just going to have to accept that and move on. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. But how about some of those tie-ins? If anybody agrees with me, even in the slightest, please ship me an email. Roger at comicbookinformer.com. I would love to hear from you. Your thoughts. Because, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I, I would like to know what the sales figures are of this. It's a Marvel event. The sales figures are going to be astronomical regardless of how good it is. Well, in comparison to AVX others and things. AVX sold hundreds of thousands yeah, per geez, issue. That's a good point. I, yeah. And the whole freaking planet face thing that was shot. Seriously, come on. It's a thing. Even Oa doesn't have a face. <laughs> Especially one that's screaming. <laughs> Living planets are an established part of Marvel lore. There's a famous character that's yes, been around for decades. There's Ego, the Living Planet. Uh, Even just... remember, go back to Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine when Doom took over Ego and made himself into the Living Planet. It's a thing. It's stupid. I never said it wasn't, but it's a thing. It's just the whole thing, too, with the big scream on its face. It's, ugh. My God. And the whole showdown between all of them, too, when they all get to the freaking tower. <laughs> like, seriously. The freaking Punisher pointing his gun at these people. Don't move or I'll shoot you. Shut up. Put your little pop gun away there. You're not scaring anybody. <laughs> it's true, though. They tried to make it give it so much freaking intensity. And, and you, as a reader, you're sitting there going, like, give me a break. Seriously? Like, instead of they all show up and they talk to each other. No, no, no. Friggin' Mexican standoff by from the three teams, quote-unquote teams. Shut up. That was oh, so stupid. So freaking stupid. Are you done? I don't feel any better. <laughs> that's what you're asking. So, which of the tie-ins have you read so far? I... Started the the one with the kids. I was like, "Oh my god, is that ever terrible?" The one with the kids. The, the one with the young team. What's it called? Give me one second here. I've got it right here. Or no, I did. I no, I didn't read the whole thing. Came close. Whatever. It's the one that was. I think it was only online. No. It was. Oh, it's terrible. Well, I, whatever it is, I didn't. Read oh it, no, so I, I Jesus, I did read it all. Clinton <laughs> for punishment. It was bad. But no, that's not the one with the kids. The ones with the kids is another one that I, I started reading. This. Oh, isn't that the one that's original sins? Oh, I I I know. Don't Whenever it, they they do that that like anthology tie-in series going back to like Civil War, it's always been bad. So, oh, I man. And then the Secret I learned Ava- that lesson many many crossovers ago. The Secret Avengers one. Which had oh, a, I, I told you I don't like Secret Avengers to begin with. So. It had Colson okay. in it. That was, that was the only decent thing in it. <sighs> and the Deadpool one. You Deadpool keep telling me that Deadpool has been good lately. This particular storyline is a, a, a bit of a weak point. Deadpool's been great. You gotta read it. So I decide. Did Fine, you read the I'll annual read, that I told you about? No, I read no, the original thing because that's thing that the I one that we're... Yeah, but that's the one that we're doing. I didn't, I didn't tell you to read any of the No, tie-ins. I know, but I thought, well, he's saying that it's good now. We're doing Original Sin. I may as well read the Original Sin tie-in. 
Oh my God, is it ever bad? It is. The issue right before this was actually pretty good. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. I'm done. (laughs) Well, as far as other tie-ins, they've done a tie-in with the Avengers where Captain America finally becomes aware of the stuff the Illuminati has been doing. And that's really just been a jumping off point for a completely separate story. So we'll see what comes of that. I'm actually liking uh, the Mighty Avengers tie-in. And I've been liking Mighty Avengers all along. So this one is uh, Luke Cage gets uh, secrets that his father used to be involved with a super team involving Blue Marvel and Blade and a few other you know, old characters. And the entire flashback is done in like this retro 70s aesthetic, which just really fits because back in the day when Luke Cage's comic was first coming out, well, it wasn't the retro 70s aesthetic because it was the actual 70s. So it's just a nice callback. And it's some of the better art I've seen from Greg Land in a long time. So that's appreciative. And Nova, just because Nova himself uh, has such a relationship with the Watcher as a character that when he finds out the Watcher has been killed, the way it affects him personally is leading into a good story for that particular character. That's the only one that I actually really considered reading that I didn't get my hands on it that I thought would be good. And maybe at some point I'll read it, but probably not. (laughs) And he also gets some of the secret flashes of uh, his father that maybe the stories that he was told weren't quite true. So I, I, I'm just really digging that comic. So I'm really interested in seeing what comes out of this whole thing for him. All right. Well, into what we're reading. Did you read the third issue of all new ultimates? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. Did you hate it as much as I did? Um, it was bad. Yeah. It was like, really bad. The 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 good things that they had as the building blocks in the first two issues. And even those first two issues were like it's not great, but it could be just completely thrown out the window. It was it was like an after-school special. It was so teeny like it it was just not good. Well, it, and it's using a again a plot device like that we've seen how many times this kind of thing like oh, she's off the team. Oh no. She's undercover. And then he's coming in and saving her, but pretending like he doesn't know her and this and that. And, and it was just, it was, it was And terrible. all the stuff with Jessica, it was just like, it, it was, was really awkward. And, and the art got much, much worse <sighs> in this issue. It was sketchy in the first two, but saved by, you know, the rest of the art team. This one was just, no. The ending where the three girls are together and it's like oh my god you know and, and all this crap and you're like oh my god is a rainbow going to appear when i flip this page the more you know <laughs> seriously <laughs> it was like an after school special it was terrible bad it, it's so disappointing because that is a comic that had potential well it's got freaking cloak and dagger and spider-man and quote-unquote black widow when she's not being this emo chick as oh my god it should be so much better and it could be it definitely could be somebody else has got to take the reins on this yeah and i actually heard that ultimate ff is already canceled <laughs> i i'm not reading that I'm, anymore you know, so I, yeah, I gave up. <laughs> the first issue was bad enough that i didn't bother after that but that that's a pretty quick cancellation yeah there's it, honestly there's it, this gets canceled the new ultimates it is squarely 
on the writer's shoulders. There's no other reason because the premise behind it could be solid. The characters are enjoyable enough. We like them. There's no reason this can't work, except if it's in the hands of an incompetent, yes, I said it, writer. And that's that's how I feel here. Take your script to Bendis and go, please fix it. <laughs> yeah, there's somebody needs to fix this. All right. Well, on to comics that I did enjoy. <laughs> this was, as we said, going out of last week, uh, it was a really big week for a lot of great comics. Uh, not for you particularly, but the latest issue of Thor. <laughs> and God, this comic, like for people who are into mythology and Thor as a character, this comic has been epic. Especially how Aaron keeps going back and forth between the different time periods and the different ages of Thor. And it's not just going back and forth because the the stories really do parallel each other. Like the modern day Thor story in this one was – it was okay. But the other half of it with uh, old King Thor on the dying earth protecting the, you know this – basically dead rock from Galactus, you know, thousands and thousands of years into the future. Epic beyond belief. It's just Isad Ribich destroyed the artwork in this one. It's ridiculous. It, I, my jaw dropped a couple times reading this last issue. Okay. Uh, actually sounds interesting. And it's not that I don't like mythology. Let's be very clear. No, I don't. I actually have studied a lot of mythologies. I've got a crap load of books on it. Just don't like I just Marvel don't like Thor. Thor. I don't yeah. like that, you know, what they're doing, what they've always done with it. It just doesn't appeal to me. That's perfect. Yeah. You're allowed to yeah. not like it. For yeah. those of us that do like it, it's been really freaking good lately. <laughs> Which issue was that? Uh, 20 something, I think. Okay. 21, maybe. Because that little uh, storyline actually sounds interesting. That, yeah, that second one. So yeah. The, the modern day out. stuff has involved uh, Thor and his new girlfriend, a shield agent. Oh, you don't have to go into it. I just meant that other one, that second story you said. Yeah, I know. Stop it's, it's talking a- about Thor. You already had your little bit. Move on. All right. Well, it's the other <laughs> Thor comic I read. No. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the latest issue of Sex Criminals, issue number six. The comic is still a fun ride, but particularly this issue where Fraction really delves into like the mental state of John, the the one main character and how, you know, he has actual clinical psychological issues and the way he's been dealing with it over the years between medication and self-medication. It's just, you can really tell that there's a connection here. Like either fraction himself or someone close to him has been through a lot of these scenarios and it just rings very true. And like I was reading it, I was like, Okay, this is the comic that's supposed to be about funny penis jokes, but it was it was done seriously, and I don't know. It was just really good for me. Like, and when it was done, I was like, "Wow, that was kind of powerful on some levels." Cool. And then finally, I read the first issue of The Wicked and the Divine, uh, the newest comic from Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. And my my relationship with Gillen McKelvey comics is interesting because Jamie McKelvey, fantastic artist, love his work. Kieran Gillen. I adore a lot of his writing. Uh, his stuff on Iron Man lately has been great. His journey into mystery is an all-time favorite of mine at this point. And the comics they do together with, you know, Phonogram, Young Avengers, it's always been stuff I can appreciate as good, just I don't personally like it. So this is the first thing they've done together where at least through the first issue, I like it. <laughs> it's an interesting concept of you know various gods and mythological entities that are reborn into the world every you know 
70, 80, 100 years or so as these pop idols. So you have these incredibly you know, famous mu- musicians who are these you know, icons around the world who are calling themselves you know, Amaterasu and uh, I, I can't remember the other name and you know, Lucifer. And they're like – and they're playing it completely straight because, well, they are those people. But especially in the modern day with the news cycle, they're like, yeah, OK, you're just trying to get across some – some shtick. It's just, I don't know, I'm really interested in the concept and I'd like to see what they do with it going forward because the first issue was pretty fun. Cool. And what do you have for us? I got caught up on uh, Magneto because I was a little behind and man, a a return to form for for him, obviously, and really well written. I've been really enjoying it quite a bit. Um, I'm curious where it's going to go, especially with like this introduction of this, you know, Oracle type character mm-hmm. that is, has obviously been hurt by him. So I'm curious, I'm hoping it's not going to fall into cliches because as it is, it's kind of borderline, but I, I really like this, this return to him being a villain that we actually root for because yeah. of everything that has happened and is happening. So he's right. <laughs> I like the t-shirt. <laughs> Magneto was right. <laughs> <laughs> so nice play there on the Cyclops things. But, uh, but yeah, and the art has been phenomenal as well. I, I dig that style a lot. And, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. For the record, the Magneto was right t-shirt was first. <laughs> was it? Yeah, uh, Quentin Quire wore a Magneto was right t-shirt during the Grant Morrison X-Men. Ah, okay. All right. I didn't notice it. But uh, but yeah, no, it's it's freaking awesome. It's freaking awesome. And I like how they're always saying too, like, he's not even at his full potential. He's broken. (laughs) Look at what he's doing (laughs) and he's broken. It's only going to get worse possibly. And I like that. And I like that he, they, they talk about that too, how he, um, he has to find different ways of doing things and different infiltration methods and different things like that, because he can't just crush a building onto itself. So you wind up having, much more powerful storylines because you see what's happening within the building as opposed to him just flying by and crushing it kind of thing. So yeah, Colin Bunn is doing a really, really, really good job on this. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Bunn, a lot of his stuff that he puts out is kind of mediocre, but when he's on, he's on. Yeah. And it's such a delicate balance, like you said, because he does nothing heroic across, what is it? Six issues now, I think maybe five, but we still, we're still rooting for him. Yeah. Um, did you read the first in the, uh, three months to die for Wolverine? No, I knew you would. <laughs> You'll actually like it. It's got okay. freaking, uh, Iron Fist and Chang-Chi in it. Well, there you go. So, which is always fun. So when you get the three of those together kind of thing, <laughs> because Shang-Chi and, and, and Iron Fist together are just so freaking cool. I mean, they're outside having tea when demons attack. <laughs> <laughs> or not demons, but ninjas. <laughs> and it's just, it's just fun. And, 
And then you have Wolverine, who's the foil to their peacefulness and, and demeanor and whatnot. So it's it's cool because he's trying to come to grips with who he is now and actually admitting to being afraid of dying. So some of the things that we saw in earlier issues, which I actually didn't read them all. I read some of it and I got fed up. I thought it was stupid and I stopped once I knew what the premise was kind of thing. But some of the things that they're referring, I actually did read and see. So when you see him freeze underneath us, the, what was it? The Sentinel foot, I believe, or something like that. And you find out later, oh, it was kind of like he was acting. No, he's saying, no, there was fear there and kind of froze him and whatnot. So there he's brought to this place where he can kind of come to grips with that and meets the most awesome incarnation of, again, a quote-unquote death that I've ever read. This chick is freaking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) to the point of when you have a death spirit that's kind of (laughs) cheering in in this like way (laughs) it's freaking hysterical but it's just it's this lighthearted humor that some cultures have a much more lighthearted humor about death than we do here not every culture wants to live forever and so when you see this it kind of as as much as it's a little jarring and it makes you smile it still kind of fits so it's it was actually a very good issue i liked it and the art was freaking killer the art was phenomenal who did the art uh the art was by chris anka okay colors by david creel but yeah it looks freaking awesome so yeah definitely pick it up Pick it up. You will definitely like it. Um, Okay. I will be the first one to break the ban on DC (laughs) for the sole purposes of discussing two things. And even then I'll make it brief. Injustice is freaking awesome still. Injustice has been absolutely amazing. I mean, we had the fantastic stuff going on with all of the Green Lanterns heading over to take on Superman. And then, well, not all of the all of the Green Lanterns, because sure enough, um, Hal was kind of subdued, but John let him out. And so he and Hal are going to go and presumably work with Superman against the rest of the lanterns. But then you wind up having Sinestro who is just freaking awesome. I mean, Sinestro is pretty much always awesome, but (laughs) Sinestro's awesome here. (laughs) And his, the way that he's working with Superman and because Superman is so freaking out of it that he's like siding with Sinestro it's when Sinestro's saying like the rest of the Green Lanterns have to be exterminated. Like I, yeah, it's been awesome. Very awesome. I know you're probably not reading it, but there it is. Okay. Batman beyond has been doing the storyline with the Lords. You remember Mm -hmm. that from before you stopped reading? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That has continued to be absolutely awesome. That I got caught up as well. I had all of the issues. I got caught up. And Terry's in that 
parallel universe and he's working with the Terry from there and you're getting the, I mean, the, the, the beyond universe is a parallel kind of thing anyway. It's not, but you know, it feels that way. And so when you tack on top of that, that he's gone into a beyond parallel universe, it's kind of a little, it gives you a lot more room on your leash, you know, go ahead, play with it a little bit more and have fun because you're already once removed. So you're having some really, really cool stuff happening with these Lords, but especially with Terry coming to grips with who he would have been had he not become the Batman. And he says that had it not been for that, he still felt inside that he would have made it because of course this was right after his father was killed. Meanwhile, the Terry in that universe didn't and he kind of became a joker and things like that. And he's still not a bad person, but he uses the system and steals and things like that. So he realizes that the, the quote unquote real Terry realizes that maybe he wouldn't have made it had it not been for becoming the Batman. And it's, it's kind of a profound little moment there that's well handled. And then, of course, the stuff there with um, not just the the Batman, but as well with the, um, the, 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 whatchamacallit, the Dick Grayson from there. Because the Dick Grayson there is kind of working with Superman, but there's still some good with him and with Barbara they're actually married and have a child really good stuff really it, it is good stuff okay so there you go uh lastly just to clean your palate from the dc <laughs> stuff i i never said there weren't some people there doing good work i know I that just, i know we're all no longer interested i know i know um thrill bent did you read any of the endling stuff I am so behind on that. Yeah, yeah. Embarrassingly behind on anything thrill bent. It's <laughs> there's, there's a lot of really good reading in my future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I subscribe to their thing and I have actually not been reading too much either. So I decided, you know what? Screw it. I picked one and I picked the endling and it's one of those where even as it's not that long ago where, and I don't know who said it, but there were some scientists who surmised that it could be possible that we're all just part of some computer simulation. And of course it's a ridiculous idea, but you know, it's one of those where you can point to enough things where it's possible kind of thing. So we're all in a Sims game essentially. And this takes that, but flips it where it's a person who is looking in on a simulation that's like a billion years worth of evolution and interacting with one of the people from that, that um, simulation who's found a way to communicate back. The irony is, and what hooked me immediately, and it's one of those things where I don't want to say great minds think alike. It's more like, creative minds often think alike and that's why you get so many similarities and stories and things like that without meaning to this is a concept i thought about and wrote a short piece about not that long ago i hadn't read this but i came up with that idea and i was just kind of playing with it and mine isn't exactly like this and it works differently but it has enough similarities that i was like wow 
I don't even know now whether I'm going to bother finishing mine because <laughs> I don't want the comparisons to be made. As I've read enough of this, I see that, okay, no, I wouldn't have to worry about that. But because that premise was one that I was obviously already interested in, enough so to write about it, I kept reading through this. I'm not done reading everything that they've got on, on their thing yet, but I'm really actually enjoying what I've read. There's a, a few kind of pitfalls where it borders on a little bit of, you know, the the, the story ideas are, are a little cliched, but I mean, you're going to wind up with that kind of thing anyway you look at it. But overall, really interesting, really quite good. And the art is, while not spectacular, fits and is good. So it's it's definitely worth reading. Cool. And actually, you know what? Before we let and no, no, shut up. I want to say who's writing this because oh, that's the one thing you had one more. No, no, that's it. That's it. Shut up. The, uh, the, the one thing with the thrill bent site or app is that it's, it's not always made easy to see who's actually, you know, working on a project. And yeah, see, like Jesus, I can't even find who wrote the who's writing the damn thing. They they need to work on their app. Uh, so I apologize to whoever is actually writing this. I'm on your app. I'm trying to find out who it is, and I can't find it. If I find it in time, I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, it's it's the endling, and it's actually it's like I said, it's quite good. It's worth reading. I will put it on my list. Okay. All right. Well, for this week's new releases, Marvel has another really big for us this week. Really big for us this week. Wow. That was that was impressive. I'm, I'm just going to leave that there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you were expecting I was going to edit it? No. <laughs> I, I just knew it wasn't worth trying to fix. <laughs> From Marvel, we have all-new Ghost Rider number four, Amazing Spider-Man number three, Guardians of the Galaxy 16, Miss Marvel number five, New Avengers number 20, and X-Force number six, among others. From Image, oh my goodness, Image has a huge week for us. We have Chew, number 42, Deadly Class, number 6, Invincible, 112, Saga, number 20, and Skull Kickers, number 28. Damn it, I thought you were going to say Rad Queens. <laughs> this was last week, wasn't it? Was it? No, it wasn't. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I, I, if it was last week, I missed it as well. So Okay. Keep going. Okay, from Dark Horse, we have the final issue of Serenity Leaves on the Wind. I'm still behind on that. Have you been crying? Oh, I've got it all. I've been reading them all, and it's it's absolutely fantastic. I Yeah, I can't wait to, to read this one. And IDW brings us Godzilla Rulers of Earth number 13 and Transformers More Than Meets the Eye number 30. So regardless of what you're into, you'd... You're covered. Ha- you would have to try to not get some good comics this week. There was no uh, Rat Queens last week. Okay. I thought I remembered... Whatever. Soon. You better be. <laughs> you know, it's sad. when You said Skull Kickers. I'm like, oh, that's good. But what about Rat Queens? <laughs> Who is it? Um, Curtis Weeb. He was posting some preview panels from an upcoming issue. And it's Betty. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Easily my new favorite character oh, in yeah. all of comics. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. So until next week, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.